songs from Frozen. Is that what it's from? Isn't it? Let it go. Let it go. Is it? I've not? heard people say, let it go. I've never seen the film. You've got a young daughter. I do. And you've never seen Frozen? No. Blimey. Is, 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 should I have shown her Frozen by now? You know what you are, don't you? What's that? You're a bad parent. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to County Live. And you not only, uh, this is the Step What County podcast and... I'm Martin Johnson over here. And I'm not watching Frozen over here. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Good evening. Good evening, that's it, yeah. Thank you and good night. Um, <laughs> you're very giddy because you've been eating, again, because you've been eating, you've eaten, well, when I say you've been eating um, Percy Pigs, Yeah. tell I, the listeners how many Percy Pigs you had. A whole bag. A whole bag, yeah. <laughs> and I got the blame. In about 10 minutes. Well, you, I mean, come any, anyone who's listening knows um, I'm not the adult in this relationship, <laughs> in, this, in this dynamic. I need you. I need someone to say, this is a bad idea, Christopher. Stop. Now you're being very, very ageist. <laughs> I am a professional dad. If anybody wants anything, I've always got it. That's at work. That's at work or here at home. I've always got it. To have two really good interviews tonight. Yep. Uh, get your pens and pencils ready. Um, the uh, the voice of Edgeley Park, the voice of Stockport County, uh, will be joining us. I, I'm actually really excited about this one, Martin, because um, Kenny Boxall will be on the show. And we often say, oh, I'm really excited about this. Oh, I'm really excited about that. But Kenny Boxall is, alongside Edgeley Park, the actual physical ground itself, Kenny, Bo- Kenny Boxall is the one consistent that has been there, I'm going to guess, for the, for the whole of 85% of our fan base's county supporting career. Maybe more. Maybe more. There'll be very few fans. There will be some fans, but there won't be many that can remember life pre-Kenny Boxall. 40 years. 40 years He's he's been at Stockport County. Um, and with the new dawn, with the new era, with everything else coming in, I thought, let's speak to a... A, a, a club legend you know let's speak to um well two because we have jim gannon of course on the show as we do every week but kenny boxall i thought what a moment and i've got to say obviously at this moment we have already done the interview it isn't in, in the canon it's all done um it's actually quite an emotional one because kenny was um kenny was awarded uh, 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 uh an award by the club over the summer last season when the parade was going on, um, a lifetime commitment award to the club. And I showed him the footage back from when he was presented live on the pitch um, in front of the full Cheedland who was there to celebrate. And he didn't know that I was going to do that. And um, I could see him looking at the screen just how much it meant to him. And um, in this day and age with, you know, players coming and going and, you know, um, where are we going to be? We're going to be in the championship in seven years. It all gets very excited and you you can't forget the pull of the soul that this club has on people. Uh, and Kenny Boxall has that pull in his soul, but to many people, he is the pull because he's the voice that you associate. When you think of the glory days, when you think back to being a kid going over to support County, watching them play, whoever it was, we've all got memories from going to this game, Edgeley Park or that game. He's in every single one of them. Um, so a real, real club treasure. I cannot wait to have him on the show. Well, I can't wait to hear it now. Um, I've not managed to listen to it. You've sent it to me. So the, when we play it, it'll be the first time that I hear it too. So very exciting. And and also we should say that we it's part of a, we're going to try and make it a regular feature, not necessarily a mini series, but something we're going to try and do and kind of look at those stories around Stockport County. It's like the my Stockport County kind of feel because you you know, got some exciting news. We're going to talk to Fuzzy Sun soon as well. So we're going to have them on. And then whatever the opposite of a legend is, we're going to have Richard Landon on as well, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> He's, um, I've got a little story to tell you about Richard Landon later. He's adamant that his appearance on the podcast last week uh, doesn't count as an appearance because uh, he feels he was rather tricked into it when he rang me, but his argument was I shouldn't have had my phone on me in the studio. So um, make of it what you will. I always said I was going to get him on the podcast, and I have done that. Um, but yeah, we are going to have, um, yeah, there's, there's going to be a, a couple of good interviews coming up, I think, over the next few weeks. Yeah, we'll try and do that regularly. But I'll tell you who else has got it. They've finally got the monkey off the back, Stockport County. 
Yes, happy days. Well-deserved win. Um, it was uh, an enthralling game Saturday because the conditions playing in Storm Dennis, was it called? Uh, Derek it or Storm, Dennis? Storm Dennis, yeah. Um, th- playing in those conditions, it's the kind of game that can quite easily slip away from you. Through no fault of your own, you know, some freak cross bends in or a goal kick, all of a sudden the ball blows back and the strikers through on goal. You've seen these things happen before. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll hear Jim in a few moments and, you know, he was allude- he, he comes out with a good term. He says, we, we were creeping towards this win. It, you know, it was one of those where we could have had the win at Dagenham, had the last minute you know, the, the the last minute heartbreak not happened. We could have had the win at Dover if the sending off hadn't happened. And if it hadn't come at the weekend against Bromley, who are a team, even now, still above us in the table, had it not come, it probably would have been for the weather. But absolute stonewall solid performances from Ben Hinchliffe, uh, Sam Walker, Liam Hogan on his debut. Um, these guys have essentially won the game for us in not letting the the weather be a factor. The attacking players have then gone on, um, done their job. Not in the fact that they scored the goal, because obviously debut boy Liam Hogan did just that, but the fact that they were persistent. Adam Thomas did what Adam Thomas does. I think he won about 18 corners on Saturday, uh, of which one resulted in the winning goal. So, um, yeah, the the, the back, the, if you like, the back line of defence did its job. Ben Hinchliffe in the defence and the forward line did their job in that they kept the ball busy up the that end of the park the most of the game and got us over the line. And as I say, you can't kind of overstate it really. County really needed that. And so at, at the end at the end of the of the of the match or you know even reflecting over the last few days, I'm presuming it's not a feeling of relief. It's just like, okay, that's out of the way now. You know, we don't need to think about the fact that we went a few games without winning we can just focus on what's ahead of us. It, it, we should tell you, say to the listeners, you have not heard uh, the Jim Gannon interview because I asked him that very question uh, of whether it, um, of whether it, uh, was it relief around the ground? Was it, um, was it, I don't know, you tell me, I said to him, you, you, what, what, what was it? And he said, he said, yeah, you were a bit relieved, but it wasn't, like you say, like you say, Martin, it, it wasn't, Punching the air. We've not. It's it's not like an. It's not like one of those wins that feels like a cup final win. It was just an important result. We're almost at the stage now where, if we're serious about the playoffs, you can't celebrate the wins too much because you've got to crack on with the next one. There's no time to celebrate. You know, we'll often draw reference to teams in the Premier League to highlight the point. Look at Liverpool at the moment. I mean obviously going to win the league it's, but you will not hear Jurgen Klopp and the players say it because because of maybe because of what's gone on in the last 30 years since they last won it or maybe because of their own reasons he's just simply we're not focusing on it until the job's done you go and beat whoever you could beat Man United beat Mar- beat Watford beat whoever and he'll doesn't care next next one next one and County have got to have the same mentality now Okay, beating Bromley, it's not the biggest game of the season. It's not certainly not the biggest name in the division. No disrespect to Bromley. But it doesn't matter even if it was. Even if we beat Notts County next or even if we beat Woking on Saturday. Listen, we'll celebrate when the goal goes in and we'll, you know, the fans will clap and cheer when the final whistle goes. But the players and the management, right, done, chalked, next. The standards have raised now around County. You know, the new investment, the new players, the new everything else. The fact that the playoffs are in touching distance, the, yeah, there was relief around the ground after Bromley, probably more so in the fans because the players take a few minutes to digest it. Right, it's gone in. Woken next. What what are we doing? What's the plan? Who's who's playing? So on and so forth. We've talked about it before. I am a Liverpool fan, so don't want to harp on about Liverpool. But another one thing to say about that the run and about the fact that they just take every game as coming as it comes. Chris Wilder said a really, really interesting thing. He said that they, the one thing that I like about them and um, at Wolves manager, what's he called? Espiritu Santu. Nunes, yeah. Nunes said um, that they treat you with respect. They don't treat you like you're a lesser team than them. They work from the first minute to the 90th minute. They're working, working really hard. And they don't, they don't, there's no kind of arrogance to them. It's just about the hard work. You, you can see shades of that in in County. I'm not going to obviously compare the two the two teams. 
seems silly to do that. But if you look at, so Jim plays this 4-2-3-1, which we all know inside out. Now, you look at that team, you look at the three players who play in the three, Adam Thomas, Elliot Osborne, Danny Lloyd. Show me a harder working attacking three in any team in the division. You look just behind them, Sam Walker in particular, who who will give, uh, spoiler, you know, we'll give him player of the week, uh, man, man, man of the week this week, um, because he was absolutely everywhere. That grit, that hard working is what you need. Yes, you need flair, skill, backbone, everything else, but you just need that... I'm going to I'm going to rinse my engine dry here. I'm just going to completely exhaust every ounce of energy uh, that I've got to make sure that we get the job done. And um yeah, the Jurgen Klopp and Co are right to do that. We're seeing shades of that in county now. Whether we fall just short of the playoffs, whether we get in them, um I don't know. It's impossible to predict at this moment. But one thing you can guarantee is you're not going to look at any of the players and think mm, he could have done a bit more. He could have done a bit more because there is simply no capacity for that. No, absolutely not. Well, let's stick the uh, interview with Jim in here. Jim, Thursday evening back at Edgeley Park. Uh, big win at the weekend. The dust has settled. Just, just talk us through Saturday. Great, great result for us. Um, really important. Um, there was so much about the day I really enjoyed. It wasn't just a result. Um, obviously, with the weather, I was was very proud that we got the game on. Fantastic work from the volunteers and Mike O'Brien and all the guys to get the game on. The community put on a big show at the far side. Just everything about the club was buzzing and, and the fact that the game was on. And um, despite the conditions, uh, a really engaging game, I hope, for everybody. And uh, a fantastic win that kind of gets everybody uh, excited for the next game now. We spoke this time last week and we said, County not on a not on the best run of form. Now we've got the win with a clean sheet. Was it a bit of relief around the ground? Um, yeah, I suppose there was an element of relief, but I don't think we were punching the air like because we were three points. I think we're just uh, it, we were creeping towards this kind of result. I mean, we could have got a win at Dagenham, and you probably feel like you snatched three points, um, although we at least deserved the draw in that game, but could have easily took all three. Um, the previous game obviously was hard to judge because we didn't give ourselves a chance against Dover I thought they if we had 11 men for the game we could have easily got a result in that so I felt that the work we're doing the additions we were making the changes we were making were all starting to get to the point that we could be confident of getting a result and so in that sense it was um, a very satisfying result more than relief but uh, yeah when you've in that kind of run you want to get things going. I think it was a massive relief for Mark, the new owner. I think it was a massive relief for everybody because they want to, you know, they're expressing, they want to see the dial move. They want to see things change. And I think that um, that was the great thing about Saturday's game. I think we put out eight of our old guard without putting age into it. You know, the ones that served us so well in the promotion season and throughout the season. So the one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, ten, all playing. And then you've got these three other ones that have been part of the, if you like, the new wave, uh, you know, league experience and league quality. And uh, it was a great blend on Saturday and it got us a fantastic result. There's so much to speak about, about the, the old guard and the new wave. I like those terms, so we'll, we'll stick with them. Um, the old guard in particular, like you say, performed Ben Hinchliffe, man of the match, Sam Walker, outstanding in the middle of the park. How proud did you feel seeing those players out on the park performing at this level, knowing that, all right, you've you've nurtured them, not from the beginning of their careers, but you've made them a team, if you like. You brought them up through the North, saw that oversaw that promotion season, and now they're doing it in the level above. How how does that make you feel as the gaffer on the sideline? Um, I don't think I'd use the word proud as such. I've used that so many times before with them um, at different moments when I was really proud of what they've achieved for the club and what they've brought for the club. It was more about pleased for them, really pleased for them. I thought some of them have struggled with the weight of what's going on at the club and the winds are blowing through and they're feeling the chill a little bit in terms of like what does it mean for them and, and are they going to be good enough and what does it, you know, where do they stand in this new pecking order that's going to emerge? And, and I really, really was keen for them to just show a result, to show that they are a capable team, they're capable players and they can play in a team that can get results. They can play a team that can get in the top 10, 10 top seven, maybe get promoted um, and that we shouldn't dismiss these players because of where they've come from or what they're currently at, you know, if they're National North and whether they've been part-time, these guys could 
compete easily at this level, be full-time, get better and stronger. So in that sense, I was really pleased for them that they showed people what they're about and what they brought to this club and potentially what they can bring to the club. I do want to speak about a couple of players in particular um, uh, on Saturday in just a moment, but you mentioned a point there that I feel I should speak about because it's, it's, a, it's a very fair comment. With the new players coming in, do the players know that do they know that they have to fight for their place, but it is still there if they perform? Have those conversations been had, do you think, between the players that, what does this mean for my shirt? What does this mean for my place? Because we can't ignore the, the big name players coming in, if you like. How, do, how have the players reacted to that? <clears throat> in many different ways. Um, I imagine most of the people listening to this would have, at some point in their careers, had a new manager come in, or new owners, or a change or something, and and then you've got this kind of, this is great. This could mean great things for me, but also could mean the end for you. Um, so we've got lots of different emotions going on. And sometimes those emotions fluctuate. Some players think, I've done well, I'm going to be part of it. Suddenly they're injured and out of form and they're thinking, maybe I'm not going to be. So we've had to have, um, do, I mean, Luke in particular and Dave are having to do a lot of um, talking with the players, trying to ease nerves and ease emotions. We've had a couple of players really upset, um, very finding it very difficult to understand where they're at, feeling very low and low in confidence because they're not feeling as they're contributing as much as they could or have in the past. So there's lots of natural stuff going on, but yeah, it's um, and there's four or five players who probably think this is great, can't wait for it to be a part of this journey, and then it's four or five people who are probably thinking, well, that's me done. I better start getting myself out playing for somebody else. Um, and then there's a lot of players floating in between and unsure about how they feel and um, a lot of grey at the moment. I'm trying to ease nerves, trying to talk to people, trying to be fair and honest about their chances. Uh, I can't say for definite black or white whether they are or they aren't part of you. There's, there's a lot to be played for, but but also that I, I'm trying to be honest to them and the staff about where we're going and what we're looking to do. And, uh, and they understand that the standards are raised here and that, uh, you know, if they're going to be part of the future, they really have to deliver and deliver consistently. And and I think that, um, yeah, that's going to be a difficult process all the way to the end of the season. Last season was a lot easier. Uh, nobody was asking about contracts. We all felt that we were all going to be part of this journey. And it was just a question of the contracts will sit depending upon the uh, the budget based upon the the level we were at. And um, we kept everybody Um and everybody came forward with us. That's going to be difficult to justify now uh, because we do want to go up a level in terms of quality, uh, up a level in terms of points we gain per season, and that will mean a level level of player, and that will mean certain players will have to be, not all of them replaced, but we certainly have to supplement the group with five or six, seven, eight more players, and, and those that are good enough will stay with us and strengthen the squad because it'll be a bigger, stronger squad and a, a deeper squad. But yeah, um, those conversations go on all the time between the staff and the players and uh, they're very dynamic. And uh, But we are moving through and having those conversations so people are kind of getting an understanding of what they need to do and where they're at. And I think that's really important for them. And uh, obviously all the time trying to focus on the next game performing in training, performing in the next game and then keep um, collecting the points, keep showing people that you're a, a national player with some something to, to offer at this level and you can play in part of a, a successful team. And so in that, in that sense, I'm really looking forward to the next five or six games for this group because I think they've really got a bit between the teeth to actually deliver something meaningful for this club this season. It was quite a mix at the weekend, if you like, two players, Ben Hinchliffe and Liam Hogan, one of the old guard, one of the new wave, both had outstanding contribution in the game. Um, let's speak about Hogan first. He was the new boy. We didn't actually have a chance to speak about him last week because it hadn't been uh, announced at that time. What do you see in Liam? What do you what did you see in him on Saturday? What did you already know about him? Just just speak about the new guy at, at centre half. No, I, I was very aware of Liam, and I was very. Um... I think it's, well, some of our fans might not remember, but when we played in the Cheshire Senior Cup final, he was, I think, was captain and centre half that day for them. Um, he was in and out of the Tranmere side. I know he'd had a, he'd had his time at Halifax, Fleetwood, and then Tranmere, and then got to Gateshead, and then became the captain of Salford and went on this fantastic journey with them. And um, 
it was strange what happened in January in terms of for, for both himself and Lois and several other players like Tom Walker and Devante that because um, I know Salford are very dynamic every window or every year looking to improve the squad but they were doing it every six months and this window in particular um, but Liam was playing regularly but I think that um, you know it was an opportunity for us that we couldn't turn down um, and looking at the kind of character the leadership uh, everything I heard about him as a personality from people like Sam Walker know really well all to people that work with him was all very very positive I think we were we were talking today as a staff him coming in the level of professionalism displaying in training in the gym it's just reminding everybody how it's not just the type of people will come in but the, the level of professionalism is going to go up and I think that he's um that kind of character and leadership is as important as what he contributes as a player as well. So, good person, good good player, and a good professional. And I think or it's going to be a massive addition to us in terms of creating the ethos and backbone to what uh, is going to be a successful side. A big thing, uh, a big thing that we spoke about the last two years, maybe more, is the camaraderie in the camp. Is the the team spirit, team mentality? Does it help? The, the bedding in, if you like, the familiarity that, that Liam's come in and he can look around and he can see players, uh, Lois Maynard, Danny Lloyd, who he's already known from Salford, Sam Walker, he's already known. He's not going into a dressing room full of strangers. Yeah, it's, it's not just the fact that, um, you know, change, you know, but players, um, I mean, obviously I had a long time in one change room, but I've seen a lot of different players. So changing rooms change a lot and players but he's a very confident guy um, very short about himself and his professionalism and what he's bringing to the table and I think that people walk in that have, have got that self-confidence and that personality and character can walk into any changing room and, and feel at ease and make themselves uh, teammates and friends quite quickly uh, and you know it was massive credit to him that he did that this weekend um, knowing a few people always helps um, but you know like I'm, I'm being an, an open, warm sort of character, I think, is really important. I mean, um, I, I had, like, I mean, give you an insight to, to my, I had a fantastic dressing room at Dundalk, and then when I went to Sheffield United, it was kind of vastly different with cliques of Sheffield players and Watford players and Old Guard, New Guard, and so many different dimensions. And I kind of sat there in the middle as a, almost a stranger in a strange country, not knowing which side, where, who did I belong to. Um, but our changing room, it's not just Liam coming, our changing room is full of good people, good characters, you know, uh, all the way from the Pauls and the Ashes, you know, the Sam Walkers, and they're all, they all know each other, they're all so comfortable with themselves and their own group that they can accommodate and let anybody come into it, so in that sense the changing room has been, been great from, and that's been built up, and that's not me in, that's the players amongst themselves just being good people and good professionals and making the work environment great From New Way then to Old Guard Ben Hinchliffe man of the match at the weekend horrible conditions for a goalkeeper you you, you, you do feel for keepers in that in those kind of conditions but what a performance he's, he's not had loads to do but everything he has done uh, he's done it absolutely perfectly Yeah so I think um, I think he probably got man of the match for those several saves Um you know, um, they tested him and you'd expect him with the win to get tested. Um, I was really pleased as well in terms of um, we've got a company we're working with at the moment to give us an analysis of all the players' distribution and contribution in the game. And um, it was the first time I've seen Ben uh, throw out on a regular basis. I think there was at least 10, 12 throw outs, the short plays. Uh, we mixed the game up between using the short pass and then the longer passes. So, and I know we kicked a couple out of play and the wind didn't help in that regard, but his distribution was really good. And I think all round, every aspect of his game was really good. And uh, he deserved the man the match. Uh, it does feel like you then, you know, you've, you've stolen a 1-0 win, but I think that... Um, there was a lot of good performances, but it's always very difficult. I mean, we've had this in the last couple of games with the kids with howling wins and we've been like strong in the first half and defending for our lives in the second half because that's the nature of the game. But I thought um, for us to score against the wind and have several other chances was great. Um, but Ben Ben deserved his clean sheet. Um, the defence deserved the clean sheet and the team worked really hard to get a result. So I'm really pleased for everybody. I should clarify, when I said he didn't have loads to do, I meant that he, he wasn't peppered throughout the game. Uh, so let's look forward then. Um, you've had a, a, another week with the players. 
no new signings, I don't think, to speak about now. So uh, looking ahead, long trip at the weekend, just, just break down where the players are at ahead of that game. Well, see, what, what, you know about the new signings, there, there's always work being done. Um, uh, but it's not like that they're sat in the car park waiting to sign. You know, there's a, they're, they're playing for other clubs, there's a lot of work. Um, everybody's starting to position themselves for next season, maybe for this season if the opportunity's right. Um, we're very fortunate at this level that we can attract players and sign players at this stage all the way up to the third week in, in March. <clears throat> so in that sense... Um, for Simon and myself, that that work is ongoing. Um, and then some of those things that we're working really hard could suddenly come to fruition quicker than you realise. Um, it's always difficult if that player signs after Thursday because you're trying to accommodate him into a team, get him on the bus, down to thing. But um, but that's that's we're not going to use that as an excuse. If the player's good enough and, and is ready to play and is match fit and goes straight in, you've seen that last week um, with, the, with Liam. Um, but that side of it's ongoing but in this particular I thought our biggest thing uh, is to make sure that we continue to train really well train as professional as we can try to look at the individuals and see if we can make the key individuals better improve their performance I thought we worked really hard last week um, we contributed a lot of time towards set plays in particular corners and it's nice for that to pay off and part of that was introducing a, another type of taker the Sam Walker instead of Danny Lloyd and uh, we obviously had Conor DeMeo and Elliot and we've worked on a couple of other things. So we're constantly working to improve our performance because those things make a difference between winning and losing as, uh, or drawing, as, it, uh, as was the case on Saturday. Um, but the lads trained really well Monday, Tuesday. Uh, a couple of issues, uh, a couple, you know, Danny Lloyd's um, had a little Hudson. Um, and um, I think he's looked a little bit tired and, um, you know, edgy this week. So... Uh, Welcome to the world of fatherhood. Um, I'm sure that, uh, you know, although he's feeling, I'm sure he's, he's, uh, his partner's feeling it more mm. uh, to give a shout out for all those uh, mums and how, what they have to go through during childbirth. Um, but yeah, he's had a, a difficult start to week, but back to business tonight. Um, Eddie Clark got a bit of a dead leg and he's struggling to get it off. And I know he's desperate to get, get, get rid of that. So a couple of little knocks and niggles, a couple of players maybe feeling um, maybe a little bit of, physical tension from the uplifting the work rate the extra work we're doing the extra professionals and the extra drive from everybody uh, everybody's lifted the game and training harder um, playing playing more to the max um, so fortunately we're going from Saturday to Saturday so it should be a healthy squad going into next week but the only doubt really is lingering over Eddie Clark so if he can recover from that dead leg um, but with Ben Jackson we've got a, a capable uh, replacement so um Looking forward to the game on Saturday. Um, hopefully we can uh, perform as well as we did last week and add a little bit more um, and just connect those players that, you know, if you if I think it was the first time they played together, like sort of Liam as a nine and Elliot as a ten. But if we can start getting them into a, a relationship, then hopefully the, the team will get better and, and uh, we can go to Woking with confidence of getting a result. Tough side make it difficult uh, in different results but at home they've been really really solid I think the last three they might have won one nil so they're a, uh, they're a hard, hard, hard place to go and get a result but um, we'll do everything right we'll do everything professional like we have all week and hopefully we can go there and get back to back results What do you make of the league table the way it's looking at the moment County have have played the extra game two in some cases uh, than teams around them but still just on the cusp of the playoffs how much do you read into that at this stage? Um in general terms, I look at it and I think, well, there's two teams below us, maybe Hartlepool and Barnet have got games in hand and probably got a squad that's capable of competing really well and having a consistent run. Uh, I look above us and I think there's some teams there that have done well to be in the playoffs, but um, it's uh, it's wide open. Um, uh, we're, in a, we're in a nice position. Um, I think the first thing I looked at, the thing that jumped out of the league table was just if we beat Woking, we stay above them and we close the gap on the teams above us and then just take one game at a time. But yeah, um, it's up to the other teams behind us um, to, to, to win those games. Um, I think being on 50 points was a was a magic number for us in a sense of uh, you look back and you think, well, right, that's one thing that we need. Perhaps we shouldn't worry too much about now. It's time for us to kick on. But um our first target at the start of the season was to consolidate and make sure that we, we stayed up 
uh, hopefully consolidating to mid-table. Uh, uh, that looks like very, very capable achievement, but we always wanted to have that extra ambition. And now with the new owners and the new, new recruits, we can certainly be more optimistic and positive about what we can achieve from this season. Uh, a lot of games to be played. I think we've got 11. Others have got a little bit more. Um, if you look at last year's stats, you probably needed to have a 70-odd points, but I think this year maybe not. So it's going to be a, a mad, mad race to the end. Um, we've got some fantastic games coming up. Uh, you know, our fans will love Notts County at home, Wrexham home, not Chesterfield away, but there's other great games as well. You know, tough matches at Eastley and Ebbsfleet and uh, loads to play for. Um, what we just need to do is, is go to Walking, win that. And I think if we win that one and put ourselves in striking distance uh, or try to get it back in our own hands to beat the teams above us, then, then we're in a great chance of having what we want to do is just move from a top 10 side to a top 7 side over the next couple of weeks. And if we can do that, then it should be a very, very exciting end to the season. Jim, as ever, all the very best for Saturday. Thanks so much. So Jim Gannon there, as, uh, as upbeat, but also kind of as steady as ever. Looking forward to the Woking game. You've already given me a player of the week. So tell me what you see looking ahead to the Woking game and who you're going to be keeping an eye on. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I say this from the bottom of my heart, I believe this to be true, although I don't know. Uh, I've been caught out so many times now. Um, I believe there to be no new players this week, and that's the first time in a few weeks we can say that. Um, I, I'm not anticipating any new signs. So we can look at the squad of who we've got and we can say, okay, who... Who is the one to watch this week? Now, for me, I'm going to put the one to watch as Liam McAlinden because you would imagine he's going to get the number nine shirt. You would imagine that he's now getting a bit familiar with that role, if you like. He came on against Dagenham, got his goal, started there the weekend. It's kind of becoming his his thing now. Um, so I think he's the one to watch. He's, you know, Frank Mulhern's gone out on loan now. Bell starting on the bench. It's it's his turn. It's his time. He was he was brought in to to be the the new face, if you like. So I think he's an interesting one to watch. Just on the to- <coughs> excuse me, just on the topics uh, topic of new signings, I should tell you this story of Richard Landon. <coughs> it's time. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a new feature. <laughs> Lando's story time. <laughs> I could tell you some stories about Richard, but uh, <laughs> uh, of course, it's a completely different podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, um, so. How frustrating is it, Martin? How frustrating is it week in, week out? Not week in, week out, but whenever your club or my club or whoever's club, whenever you whenever you sign a new player and you get all that excitement when it's released on the website or it's released on the Twitter and you see these days the new exciting video or it's in the on the radio, you hear such and such a person sign. How much does it kill that vibe when a day before, six hours before, whatever, someone leaks it, some fan who has got a bit giddy with the news and they just kill all the buzz by saying, hey, do you know this? We're signing this player. And it, and it takes it away from it. Now, that's happened quite a lot at County. <laughs> over the last, over the last, how long have we been doing this show? Um, you always kind of get the news, oh, it's been leaked on a message board or someone's put it on Facebook and it's it's just kind of, is this how is this still happening? And you often wonder, who's the leak? Well, I can tell you it's not Richard Landon. <laughs> and and here's, here's how I know it's not Richard Landon that he's leaking said information. Last week, I got to, I didn't actually go to training with, with the boys last week. Uh, I, I chose to, to meet Jim Gannon at the ground to do the interview um, that went on the podcast. So I'm outside the ground. I got to the, I got to, to Edgley uh, probably five minutes or so before Jim did. And, and as I'm just there, hanging around, loitering, waiting, car pulls up next to me. Hello, pal, says a voice from inside the window. It's Richard Landon. He says, hello, my best mate. How are you? Um, I knew you'd be here, so I bought you a coffee from Costa because he's nice like that. He looks after us. And um, I said, hi, Richard. How are you? And he said, good. And he asked me very authentically, what's going on in the podcast tonight? What talking points have you got with Jim Gannon? I said, uh, well... Because obviously we didn't know about Liam Hogan at this point, so you have to rem- put yourself back into that memory. I said, um, I said, well, it's going to be a bit of a boring one tonight, I guess, because there's no 
new signing to speak about. Yeah, you're right, he says. Yeah, it's been a few weeks since that's happened, hasn't it? I said, yep. You know, because we've had Danny Lloyd before that, Liam McAlinden, Eddie Clark, we had um, Lois Maynard, uh, Jordan Archer, so on and so forth, all these new players plus a takeover and everything else in recent weeks. He says, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a boring one with nothing like that to speak about. Two minutes later, who shows up? Jim Gannon. Right, let's ready to go. Jim comes in. Hiya, Chris. Good to see you, he says. Hiya, Richard. Turns to Richard. First thing he says, have you got the shirt ready for the new boy yet? (laughs) (laughs) Richard's standing there with this big smug smirk on his face, looking like a little weasel smirking in the background, um, knowing that he knew that information, and I I didn't. And... um, so I can tell you, it's not Richard London who's leaking player signings. I think, um, but for him to do that to you, you know, I think the modern parlance for that is a snake. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this isn't the Richard London podcast. The person that we're celebrating most this week is uh, Kenny Boxall, and this is the fantastic interview that you've done with him this week. Yeah, as a fellow club legend, Kenny Boxall, I've got to say before we play it, um, I want to thank him more than anything, um, for agreeing to do it because he didn't need to. He took time out of his day. Um, he offered to, to take time out of one of his own evenings to come and do it. So a uh, real pleasure to speak to him. Um, the voice of Edgerly Park, the voice of Stockport County. Kenny, we're in the, the prestigious Stockport County boardroom uh, in, the, in, the, in the underbelly of the club, if you like. And uh, we've just been walking around talking about some some memories and things. I, I feel like I'm talking to the real voice of Stockport County here. I feel like I'm speaking to a, a bit of heritage of the club. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Chris. It's nice to see you. And uh, thanks for inviting me along to uh, talk to you. I hope I can share a, a few memories and a few um, bits of memorabilia uh, that'll keep you all listeners entertained, perhaps. I want to start. We've We've got a video clip here in front of us. Um, of when you were presented on the pitch at the end of last season, I'm just going to play this and just, I'm just going to let you see it and just just try and relive these moments. This is quite a moment. You're walking on the pitch here. Yes. Yeah, I was quite overwhelmed, to be truthful. It's a great suit as well. (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) Slaters. Phenomenal. Did you you know any of this was coming? No. No, I had no idea at all. And when when you were presented with the award, what what were you kind of thinking about? What were you... I was just overwhelmed, Chris, to be honest with you. I had tears in my eyes, um, more or less as I have now, because... It was totally unexpected, um, much appreciated, I might add, but uh, it was just a total and utter surprise. What do you think of when you think of Stockport County? A mixture of emotions, pain, pleasure, excitement, more pain, <laughs> perhaps more excitement. But it's just been a, a big part of my life for, for so many years, on a match day and, and on other times when I've... I've been around the club doing all sorts of different, uh, performing different functions for them. It's just been a hobby that uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed. It's an, it's a new era here at Stockport County. There's a lot of change, new owners, new players coming in. The club's been promoted, challenging for the playoffs again. Um, but I was saying to you off air, when I think of Stockport County, historically, what Stockport County means to me, there's three things. There's Edgeley Park. There's Roger Wilde running up the, the touchline. He's the only physio that I can remember with his own song. I think Luke Smith might have a word or two about that. But then there's the voice of Kenny Boxall. Do you feel part of the fabric here? Very much so. Um, certainly uh, I do. Uh, I've got this uh, suede head off the yellow board, uh, Ben Walker. Um, he has got a group of supporters together and in conjunction with my family. I've got this... Boxall's ultra flag that you've uh, seen around the country and uh, I've got various friends who go to the away games who take pictures of it. Yeah, I certainly do feel part of the fabric. Uh, I've performed lots and lots of tasks here over the years, uh, volunteering, not on match days, but during the week, helping out with the pitch, clearing rubbish from under this main stand many, many years ago, post uh, Bradford, uh, which was a terrible tragedy as we know. But we've got all sorts of rubbish under this this main stand that needed clearing. And myself and Eric Webster in those days, 
uh, along with several others, came along with shovels and spades and wheelbarrows and cleared it all out uh, in, in an effort to get rid of it. I, d- I do have a few questions I want to go through mm. with you, but I'm just looking at you, Kenny. You, you've still got your eyes on the screen here from that day. Mm. Um, it was a really special moment. And, and I know I'm not alone in saying that the fans believe that this was thoroughly deserved. Just It's still there, isn't it? It's still in your mind. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's proudly displayed at home. Um, I took it into work. The place where I worked, there's quite a lot of football supporters there. No county fans, unfortunately. But they know of my role here. They, they've actually been to the games, uh, a couple of games. And I was exceptionally proud of it, you know. I, I don't go shouting and bawling from the rooftops about any achievements I've had in the past or present. But that was particularly special. It was nice that the club recognised 40 years plus of volunteering, really, um, and trying to provide some light entertainment. Um, it's more difficult in this day and age, of course, with <laughs> political correctness. You can't quite come out with some other comments. <laughs> Uh, or witticisms that you'd like to. But no, it was a wonderful gesture from the club and uh, I'm, abs- I'm over the moon, uh, I really am. Let's talk about your 40 years. How did you get into the role of being the voice of Edgeley Park? Well, I, I, it all started one Friday night. Uh, well, it started prior to the Friday night. It was a Friday night game. But we used to have a, a very supportive association here called the Executive Association. And we sat in this very boardroom around a beautiful oak table and we thrashed out ideas how we could raise money uh, to assist Stockport County who were languishing in the fourth division in those days. And there was like, uh, there were businessmen, uh, I must mention Chris Davis, who was the chairman, um, myself and, and, and other Stockport businessmen. And we'd put on race nights, also all manner of things to try and raise a a few pennies and to, to keep the club afloat and, and, and provide some uh, equipment. We used to provide equipment for the physio, uh, um, Iceman, he was called, uh, Dave at the time. So if he needed new bandages, we'd give him the, the money and he'd go and buy them. So that, that's, how, that's how it started, my, my association with the club, if you like. I was invited onto this association. And then one night I turned up here and the assistant secretary was an absolute gentleman called Peter Lamb who is still about, uh, Peter. And I went into the ticket office and uh, to pick, I, don't, I think to pick my tickets up because I, I was a season ticket holder then. And he said, oh, you can talk. He said, you're good at talking. Um, can you do the tannoy tonight? Um, so-and-so can't make it. Uh, and he thrust into my hand this ancient tape recording machine. I knew where the, the micro- microphone was at the back of the director's box in a three-sided glass box. Um, I went upstairs, took a telephone with me, uh, and I don't mean a mobile, uh, <laughs> plugged both items into the, the relevant uh, sockets, and it just went from there, to be honest, Chris. <laughs> I did the job, announced the, the changes and the, and, and the teams, and, and it just went from there. I seem to have... It just carried on. Um, it really did. How scripted was the pens and pencils ready line? <laughs> <laughs> I can't honestly say when that started. Um, I can't honestly say. No, I think it's just something I thought up. And uh, yeah, just it, I just came out with it. It's, so. a, it's a Kenny Boxall signature. We, we couldn't lose yeah. it. We couldn't yeah, lose no, it. No, I know. I know. Um, you, you were telling me off air a few moments ago uh, of some memories of some stories that used to happen when you used to get phone calls during the game and uh, and counter a bit of a worldwide operation and and you were the voice both in and out of the stadium that's absolutely right of course we're going back 40 years communications weren't what they are now Uh, mobiles hadn't been invented so the telephone uh, was switched over to the uh, tannoy box for want of a better term uh, on kickoff so that if somebody wanted to contact somebody at the ground, the call came through to me. I'd answer the call. Um, I can't quite remember how we, we sorted out if it was for a member of the, the public to contact a steward. I really can't. But I used to get calls from all over the world, basically, from Stockport County supporters. A lot of the supporters were lads in the army who'd be ringing up from Germany, from Cyprus, from France, all wanting to know how County were doing on a Friday night. 
And uh, of course, I was the only point of contact. So sometimes I'd talk them through a couple of minutes of the game, tell him that Quinny had just missed a goal or Tommy Sword had missed a penalty, which wasn't like him. Um, and I was just a, a link with the outside world for those 90 minutes. You mentioned a couple of players there. Brings us on nicely. I, I don't want to test your memory too much, but there's got to be some players and maybe non-players that, that stick out in your memory 40 years here. Absolutely. And it's very difficult because I don't want to upset or offend anybody, but I've got some great memories of, of Tommy Sword, a fantastic player and a, and, a, and a true gentleman as well. John Rutter, Mike Flynn, Roger Wilde, Tony Hancock, all people who I, I got to know, really, I, I suppose, through my role here. Um, and I still keep in touch with one or two of them to this day. But there's lots and lots of players. We've had more professional players, as you well know, than any other football club uh, in the country. But I've seen some really, really good blokes come through here, good players who've moved on to bigger and better things, um, but have done a great job for us while they've been at this football club. When you look at County this season, playoffs... I mean, we're speaking now just before the, the Bromley game, so bear that in mind if you're listening a little bit later on playoffs 12 games to go we're in with a shout but we're not in the strongest position now how do you see this season going I've been a bit disappointed we brought some lone players in who really didn't seem to cut the mustard and I'm not here to denigrate my players or what they've done while they've been with us but they didn't seem to fit into not our pattern of play but they didn't seem to buy into it at all um no names, no pack drill. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to name them, but they're no longer with us. A couple were a great success, but I think of some of them, two or three weren't particularly uh, of the standard we needed. And I think that's held us up personally. I like the, the sound of Maynard. I listened to the commentary last week um, down at... Dagenham and Redbridge. That's the one, Dagenham. Um, I like the sound of Maynard, particularly the first half. He sounded very, very lively. I understand that we've now signed Hogan from Salford. Um, these are players in a, a league above us. Now, if we can really get them playing and get them into our culture, for want of a better term, then we could do the playoffs this season. Now, it's a, it's a big game today, Kenny. We, we expect mm. a good crowd, even despite the weather. We know that there's no smoking inside the ground, but does that include e-cigarettes? I'm afraid it does, yes. <laughs> and it's sponsored by Project Solar UK, <laughs> keeping our air clean and our environment safe. Kenny, you're an absolute pro at this. Uh, I'd love to have you on every week. Uh, I really appreciate you coming out. I feel like I'm speaking to Stockport County Royalty. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure, Chris. Thanks for asking me. Kenny Boxall there, the voice of Edgeley Park. Did you, I, I take it it was pens and pencils at the ready that won the poll on Twitter? Uh, shall we find out? Let's find out. We, I mean, organised podcasts may have done this mm. beforehand, yes. um, but you know we're not. You know, we packs of Percy Pepper pigs for for tea, so um, we're, we're absolutely not an organised podcast. But I can tell you that we did put a poll out on Twitter at Live SCFC earlier this week. Um, the most iconic Kenny Box Hall phrase, uh, and there were there were some corkers because I put in there. The, the, the three options that I put in there were pens and pencils ready. It does include e-cigarettes, which, of course, we heard the reference to in the interview there. Uh, and he likes to um, clarify that Ben Hinchliffe is not called Ben Hinchcliffe, but it's Ben Hinchliffe. Ben Hinchliffe. I did also put the option down uh, for other, if anybody wanted to add uh, any other suggestions. And we heard several safe journey home wherever you're traveling to great kenny box online absolute classic um pens and pencils boys and girls yes of course that's the extended version of what was in the in there as well um please welcome your very own stop walk at classic kenny <laughs> Boxall. you know it's got kenny written all over it um someone's had a nice little word on there there will now be a minimum of four minutes uh, time allowed i think that's not kenny Boxallism. that's a fourth official thing that i think is inscribed in the side chair at Edgeley Park dugout. Um, but yeah, there's loads of suggestions on there. Great to have um, Kenny Boxall on. He actually told me a couple of other stories as well, which, which didn't make the interview, about when someone threw a dog on the pitch. And thinking <laughs> thinking fast, uh, Kenny said, substitution for Carlisle. The ball was out of play, of course. So he said, substitution for Carlisle. Number eight, Jack Russell, which uh... I, th I thought was quite funny. And then a couple of years later, someone did it again. 
and not being one to repeat material, he referred to the oncoming midfielder as Alsatian. Yeah, it's fantastic. Just that kind of level of quick thinking. That's, that's, I'm all over that. That's completely my bag. I love it. Um, now, I've got, um, I got for Christmas, I've got a Snoopy card, you know, one of the ones where you tear the thing off every day. Yeah. Um, not very environmentally friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's recyclable paper. Fair enough. Um, and on the back, there's always a, some like bit of insight or something, but it's a question. Uh, no, it's not a question, but I'm going to ask you the question. 50 years ago today, which boxer defeated Jimmy Ellis with a technical knockout in five rounds at MSG to win the heavyweight boxing title in February 1970? Ooh. You're a boxing fan. Give me the um, answer. Um, it's a good question. 1970. This is where I'm going to sound really silly by saying the wrong answer. You don't know any boxers before 1980 or something, but um, I'm trying to think back who... Around that, I time. would say this guy was the second greatest heavyweight of all time. George Foreman, no. Um, so it's obviously not Ali. Not Ali, no. Uh, Joe Frazier, smoking Joe Frazier. Very good. You see, I I got that with no hint at all. And yes, yeah, so um, <laughs> hopefully next week we'll have uh, Fuzzy Son on. You've got your date sorted with them. Yeah. So um, you're going to meet them in Blossom. So that'll be fantastic. Stockports. Fantastic new band, Fuzzy Sun. Yep. Saw them, play, saw them play in the uh, in the church as part of the Mercury Climbing Festival last year. They're absolutely fantastic. So we'll look forward to that next week. Chris, thanks. Cheers. Cheers.